fresh stories, artist interviews. You're listening to Life Songs B-Sides. From Life Songs Studio B, New Orleans, here's your host, James Mott. Welcome to Life Songs B-Sides, some extra content for lifesongs.com. I am your host, James, sitting here with Christy Northup. Did I say that right? You did. Perfect. I'm always, I'm actually always terrified of mispronouncing names because I'm horrible at pronunciation in general. Well, I usually get Northrup, but North it is Northup. I mean, it only really matters on like my license, but thank you. You said it right. Gotcha. That That's makes good. that makes me feel good. Welcome to B-Sides. Thanks for hanging out with us in Studio B. Thank you for having um, me. How, how are you? How are I'm you great. I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Good. We're excited to have you. So want to get right into it. You have an album coming up very soon. It is. February 24th, correct? A couple weeks. Yep. I'm I'm super excited for this album. I've actually listened to to it from beginning to end and it's fantastic. You're oh, obviously you extremely, so extremely talented. So can you tell me how did you get your start in music? Well, the house I grew up in uh, had a basement and before I was born, there was piano in the basement. My parents bought the house. They tried to sell the piano and my mom had the money in her hand, but yeah. the ceiling had been finished after they brought the piano in and they could not get it up the stairs. Wow. So they, it was green. It was painted bright green. It was like literally a hundred years old. Yeah. And um, so they kept the piano. Uh, so then when I was about three, I started tapping out. God is so good, like tapping out little right, choruses right, right. on the piano. And they were like, oh, maybe we should get this good piano lesson. So I, at four, I started piano lessons. I did this like classical Suzuki method. It's all by ear training. I mean, I never would have known that was really the best thing for me because right. I naturally like uh, learn by ear. Yeah. So, um, yeah, stayed with that for a lot of years and then just, you know, started playing in church. I started playing on the worship team when I was a teenager. Right. As most musicians exactly. that I've, I've interviewed, everybody's like, yeah, just started playing on the worship and, team. I mean, it's amazing. And it's an amazing. How, how else do people, you know, get their I start? mean, it's a diverse crowd that comes in because you have yeah. the classically trained pianist coming in and right. you have a guy like me that's, you know, beat on pots and pans and, right. and you know, listen to old Nirvana records to learn how to play. Right. And so it's always a diverse crowd. You get and a weird. Then we all come together in youth band, right? Yeah. And it's always it's always weird at first, but then <laughs> yes. I feel like that's really where you develop chops. Absolutely. Is. Well, I mean, I was I was in a great band program too. Yeah. And I was on drumline. Yeah. Um. So I love percussion. Right. And uh, all of that, and then you know, always playing for church, fine arts festival, right. all that stuff. Um, and then uh, we moved overseas. My parents were missionaries and I grew That's up awesome. in Chile. It, it is honestly greatest experience of my life. Would never trade it. Um, and I think that, you know, being in just a whole nother world, a whole nother style of music. It was really when worship music was getting its start in Latin culture, which actually yeah. took off before it took off in English. Really? It, I, I think it did like the, the good stuff. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. Marco sweet and, um, Juan Carlos Alvarado and all those guys. Right. So, uh, that was kind of where I really cut my teeth was leading worship in Spanish and uh, growing up overseas. And, and so I think it kind of just opened up my eyes to like, there's other ways of doing things. There's other styles, there's other sounds. I think sound is something that has, um, has just really intrigued me. And it's, it's not really the first thing we think about in Christian music. Right. Usually it's lyrics, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that kind of opened up my mind to the possibility of other sounds. Right. So yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Gotcha. Grew up, you know, the church I went to in the States was very traditional hymn singing church. I love the hymns. And, um, so I think my, my 
kind of my direction has been, how can I connect the most number of people to God? How can I be all things to all people that I might win some? Right. How can I get older people to connect in the presence of God? How can I get um, people that are African-American or people who are Latino or, um, you know, what can I do to help them feel comfortable and connect to God right. through music? And see, that's an awesome philosophy. So you're the worship pastor, or worship leader mm-hmm. for Saints Community Church. Yes. Right? So how did you coming back from Chile? How do you get plugged into New Orleans and end up at Saints Community Church? So my husband, before we were married, when we yeah. were in Bible college, uh, he got asked to lead a missions to represent the school yeah. here in New Orleans for a like a college thing. Right. He uh he had not to know anything about New Orleans, never been here. Somebody said, you want to go to the French Quarter? He's like, what's that? They're like, yeah, we'll have dinner. Which actually, now that I think about it, I'm like, that's pretty funny that they took him first night to the French Quarter to for, have dinner. Yeah, first night straight. Right. Just, we're yes. just going to immerse Let's you in. Let's go into the hordes of hell. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he like started crying, could not stop and just bawled his eyes out for like two and a half hours. And God just spoke to him and said, you're going to, I'm going to give you a love for a city. And um, yeah. that was that was uh, 97. And it's the next year he brought 12 people for Mardi Gras. Felt like God told him, take a generation to reach a generation. The next year it was like 40. The next year it was like 240. I mean, we're like in college sleeping three hours a night. Like it was insanity. Right. We had, we did not know what we were doing. That's why I know it had to be God. Right. And uh, so we've done answering the cries, Mardi Gras outreach all those years, all the way through. And, um, you know, it's just been a, a process of learning how to reach people and, um, kind of, you know, started with, you know, preaching on top of trash cans and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, we've kind of morphed into more like what creative things can we do to connect people to God? So right. we do prayer tables and we do, um, you know, we'll tell you your future for free and, and, uh, <laughs> face painting and yeah. basketball tournaments. And, and so that's kind of how we got started in the city. And then, you know, when Katrina hit, right. um, people reached out to us cause they're like, we know you're connected to new Orleans. So we coordinated, um, a lot of relief teams worked with, with a school urban mission and um, local churches here. And kind of through that, we, we realized we always knew we wanted to plant a church. My husband's an evangelist. I mean, a true soul winner. Yeah. Um, but we realized coming through that, like, why would we ever plant anywhere but New Orleans? We love New Orleans. New right, Orleans is right. home to us. So in 2011, we um, picked up, sold our house in Dallas, uh, beautiful McMansion right. next door to our best friends. <laughs> But, you know, I really felt like God was saying, do, do, is this all you want? Yeah. Like, do you, don't you want, don't you believe that I have other things and other things for New Orleans? So we did it. We came, um, you know, in my opinion, the city at that point was just kind of barely starting really into the recovery process, the rebuilding. Right. It took, it took years to yeah. just get back on, on our feet. It did. Here. It did. And uh, 2011, there was still you know, houses coming back, but very little in the way of, um, you know, clubs, halls, schools, anywhere you would meet for a church. So we actually got turned down at 52 locations, started in Lakeview. We wanted to be in Lakeview and just kind of kept looked at mid city, kind of kept moving farther out. And then, um, we were renting a house in Metairie and somebody said, why don't you try one of the public schools out here? Yeah. So the house two two the school, two blocks from our house, TH Harris middle school ended up opening their doors to us. And, um, so we started a Metairie. That was the door that got open for us. And, yeah. um, we've been 
we moved uh, about a year and a half ago into our own facility, which has been awesome. So yeah, we've been five years, a little over five years, the church has, has been established and uh, it's just been just the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. That's amazing. And so as the worship leader mm-hmm. at Saints Community Church, obviously writing a lot of worship songs and with the album coming out on February 24th, uh, Loving Like You Do, keep mm-hmm. an eye out for it. It's amazing. Oh, There's actually an amazing worship track on there that um, I think really speaks. We're talking about the recovery process and mm-hmm. how long it took Yeah, in New Orleans really speaks toward that. And uh, on the other side of this, we'll get your thoughts and, and your interpretation of the of the song. But this is uh, he, When Healing Comes off of the upcoming album, Loving Like You Do from Christy Northup. You're listening to Life Songs B-Sides.
That was when healing comes from Christy Northup on Life Songs B side. Sitting here with Christy in Studio B at Life Songs Radio. Tell us a little bit about when healing comes. It's off of the upcoming album Loving Like You Do that's going to be available February twenty fourth. So, what's the inspiration? How did you write that song? Where did that come from? So after we moved here in 2011, right around the time we launched the church in October of that year, uh, my husband's asthmatic. He's always been, you know, taking an inhaler and whatever. Yeah. But uh, it was like he got bronchitis and then it didn't get better. And and then it was like he just couldn't hardly breathe. So they put him on um, prednisone, which a lot of people, you know, take usually in short little bursts. It was like, if he wasn't on it, he just couldn't breathe. Hmm. So he, the doctor said, well, some people just stay on it. And, uh, that was just kind of the beginning of a pretty serious downward spiral. Yeah. He just, his asthma just continued to get worse. And then after about a year, uh, the infection started kicking in. So that's kind of part of prednisone. Wow. Um, and he had, uh, 12 bouts of pneumonia in 18 months. He had uh, abscess that kept recurring and then they couldn't get it. Surgery wasn't correct. And it was, I mean, I'm talking, he had six or seven surgeries that year, uh, 2013 and 2014. Yeah. And uh, just, so they thought, well, we'll just try antibiotics. You know, maybe we'll, we'll do another round of antibiotics. We'll do, let's try IV antibiotics. So then he's got like a pick line. He's got... Ivy's hanging off his arm. He's My trying gosh. to like tuck it in when he preaches. And, yeah. you know, this whole time, I mean, he's pastoring a church plant, still right. doing some traveling to kind of supplement income. And I mean, he's dying. He's literally, he cannot breathe. Right. Uh, even with all of this, I mean, he is so, so sick and they cannot figure out what it is. So we, we went to Mayo Clinic in Minnesota and they, they didn't really find anything. And then a year later, we our, our spiritual father, who is the, the parent church of our, our church, said, you've, you've got to go back. We've got to try something else or he's going to die. I mean, he's like 38 and he's, he's right. dying. Right. And um, so they fasted and prayed. We fasted and prayed. Our leaders, I mean, so many people prayed. We went back to Mayo Clinic and uh, they were able to come up with a, a actual diagnosis. It was not... It wasn't a bacterial, it was viral. Uh, it wasn't viral, I'm sorry, it was a fungal infection. No, that sounds gross, but wow. um, it was like a rare allergy. It was just the devil. I mean, honestly, yeah. it was like so complex and so crazy, but it was like, it was really breakthrough. He started on a different medication regimen. And during that time, as he was starting to improve, um, Pastor Grogan, our, our pastor, said to me, he said, I, I just really believe you're going to write some songs of healing coming through this. And, uh, not long after that, I, I wrote when healing comes and, you know, healing, especially for people who are sick for a long time, of course, we, we know that God can heal instantly, but then there are other healings that are a process. Right. And there are healings that involve the medical community. And, um, I can honestly say, when you look at him at his sickest and you look at him today, he is a totally different person. Right. You would never know. I mean, he's lost the weight and, and his, his eyes are bright again and he coaches soccer. And, um, I mean, he's just a dynamic, amazing person, but that was a process of, of literally life breath coming back into him and him getting his breath back. And so that's, that's why the song does talk a lot about, about the breath of God. And, yeah. and it's really just my observation of what I saw happen right. when healing came to our family. That's amazing. And it's, it's an incredible song of an 
equally incredible album. Thank you. I really gonna, appreciate that. It's I'm, I really enjoy it because I mean, we were talking a little bit before I, they, this album has some soul to it. It does. Like it's got a, it's got a heart, heart and soul behind it. It's really, it's, it's funky, but it's also, you know, it's got the worship aspect and it's, yeah. it's just an awesome album. It's loving like you do. It comes out on February 24th. So mm-hmm. just a few weeks away. Can you tell us a little bit about recording this album? So, you know, so Mardi Gras has always been a big deal for us. Right. Right. I've always had the outreach. So two years ago on Mardi Gras day, I woke up and I had this crazy idea. I, I love local music. I love New yeah, Orleans music. I love phenomenal. funk yeah. and jazz. I've always loved jazz. I love blues. Um, and I just, um, I've got a number of players on my team at Saints Community that play in the city and they love the Lord. And, right. um, and it's just really, really got in my heart. And I just... I wanted to do something that sounded like New Orleans. Yeah. And I woke up that day and I was like, I want that guy from Galactic to produce this album. <laughs> I didn't even know his name, but I knew that the bass player helped produce a lot of their music. Right. And I just was like, that's, I don't know. I think that's the guy. And I mean, I had no connection to him. Right. He obviously uh, doesn't, he's not a church player. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, you know, uh, definitely playing this, not only the scene in new Orleans, I mean, they're all over the, all over the world, all yeah. over the country touring. They tour constantly. Right. But I love their music. I just think that they're amazing. I mean, they are, they are they're amazing. Fantastic. They're, they're, and to me, they really define the sound of new Orleans. I think a lot of people, they just kind of, just kind of permeates from right. them. Right. So, um, so anyways, almost a year went by and I, I had a conversation with a friend and I said, Hey, do you know this guy? Do you have a connection to him? I hadn't talked to this other guy in, I don't know, a long time. Yeah, yeah I do actually. <laughs> Somebody else knew someone who knew him and right. put him in touch with me. And he was like, well, why don't you come out and let's, let's hear it. And so, um, went and played for him, played Nola baby. And he was like, I, th- I think, I think I want to do this. And so I spent really this entire last year working with Robert Mercurio. He's the bass player from Galactic. What? Yes. It was, it was awesome. I'm telling you, it was the funnest, most powerful. You know, I was nervous because I'm like, I'm working with people who, who don't know the Lord. They don't know anything about worship music, right? anything about, you know, the presence of God or, uh, anointing or any of those right, words right. that we use, you know, <laughs> the Christianese phrases yeah, that like, we Wow, use. that's creepy. What is that? Uh, they even said that they're like, like in the studio, one of the, they're like, why don't you call us gospel? They're like, worship kind of creeps us out. Like they don't even, they don't even know, you know? Yeah. So, which I loved. Um, and I just, I just really felt it was like God made it so clear. Just every door opened. Every player. He brought in a guitar player that um, Josh Connolly. He he plays for one of the Methodist churches here. I had I didn't know him. Robert had played with him on a few things. Yeah. Come to find out, he's like, oh, I love worship music. I never get to play this stuff. Everybody wants me to play like funk stuff, and he's playing for you know, all these big names and stuff. And he just so helped to define like that worship sound on the tracks that are are more worshipful. Yeah. And um, so yeah, we just had a great time. We did uh, part of it at a little studio here called the Living Room Studio, which it was a was a church that was you know totally remodeled into a studio. It's right. beautiful. And um, then we did the rest of it actually at Galactic Studio. Really? Yes, we did. All the vocals we did at Galactic Studio. That's awesome. So That's fun. a pretty famous studio here in here in the city. I did. You know, I didn't grow up here. And so no. I didn't even really know, even though I love them. Right. I really didn't know. And one day he's like... He's like, bring in some samples of some horn stuff. I mean, well, that's either going to be you guys or Trombone and Shorty. He's like, bring it in. It's all right. Yeah. So, because I'm not like super well-versed, you know? Right. And so I brought in some Trombone and Shorty tracks and he's like, oh yeah. I remember when he did this, 
they he did this here. I was like, really? What? It's like, yeah, the, he and uh, the, Ben, the Troy trombone, trombone Shorty, Shorty Andrews. He recorded his Back of Town album in that studio with Ben Ellerman, who's the the uh, sax player from Galactic. And oh I, gosh. in that moment, I felt like a kindergartner. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I mean, I what yeah. am I doing here? What made me think <laughs> this was a good idea? I am, I cannot even. Oh, I can't even think straight now. Like I was just, I, I was, I was a little shook up, but I, I oh, was yeah. like, okay, Lord, I just want to be obedient and I just want to reach people. I just want to see, I really wanted to make something that someone who's a believer can hand their friend or their brother and they'll say, actually, I'm okay with this. I kind of like this. Like, right. I just want to reach people. I just want people to know about Jesus and, yeah. and, and present him in a way that, that is real and is um, what I think he would have done, which was, right. you know, he was in the city and he was with the people and he was at the parties and he was, he was a real person who was so powerful and amazing. And, and he, uh, he changed people's lives. And I, and that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to reach people who, who don't really know anything. And, and that was another thing that was cool. Yeah. I don't know if I can keep going. Oh, keep going. Keep um, going. Absolutely. So I just wanted to do like a, a devotional each day that we were in the studio. And so Robert was like, that's cool. That's cool. And he was so, you know, open. And I even, um, I said to the, one of the drummers who is from town and he's from Baton Rouge, actually Simon Lott. And I was, I called him ahead of time and I'm like, Hey, are, I mean, cause people say they're open, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're really right. Open. You know, they say I mean, they're open, but then when you take your Bible like, out and it's actually, like, I'm going to read this I'm a conservative Christian, you know, <laughs> like, um, Everybody has their thing, but can you handle that? Like, are you okay with that? That was kind of, and they were like, yeah, we're, we're totally open. Like they genuinely were open. So I, I felt like we can move ahead and we can do this. So I wanted to do a devotional that it just kind of each day, something about one of the songs. So yeah. the day we were going to do Nola baby, I was like, Lord, what do you want me to say? And I, you know, the song is really kind of based on the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. And how, I mean, anyone who, you know, grew up in church, like they kind of hear it and they're like, oh yeah, I get it. The father threw a party because his, you know, son came home, his baby came home. Right. And um, so I read the story of the prodigal son and I wrote about how like, you know, the son's basically said, I, I wish you were dead. I want your money. And the father being the ridiculously loving, you know, bad boundary father <laughs> right, gave right. him what he asked for. <laughs> Cause he, he loved him so much. Right. And then he sat and watched and, and, and he, you know, fed the pigs and partied and came back and said, you know, let me be like one of your servants. He said, no way. Like you're my son. You've come back and put a ring on his finger. And, and then, and then in the new living, it actually says, and then the party began. And they were like, it actually says that in the Bible. Yeah. Wait, are you, are you serious? <laughs> They're like, so wait a minute. So what was the father doing? Well, his son was away. Those are, it was, it was so powerful. I'm telling you, none of these guys had ever heard the story of the prodigal son. And I just, I could hardly hold back the tears, but I'm like, don't cry. Don't cry. You're with a bunch of music guys. Keep it together. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I just, I, it was just such a defining moment for me because I was like, the, these are the people that I, I want to share the actual truth of who Jesus is. Right. And, um, that, that's really the objective. And I hope that, I hope that we're able to do that. I mean, it really comes across. I mean, this is not a, a, uh, cookie cutter 
album at all. It's not really what you expect from somebody that's also at the same time. If you don't mind me saying it, you don't expect this from somebody that's leading worship in no, church. No, I mean, it's it was kind of a risk because it's like we were trying to hit, you know, I mean, you only have so much budget, so we're trying to hit all these yeah, things at the yeah. same time. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, did we create a two-headed monster? Like it's, <laughs> you know, we wanted to do some worship stuff. It's really just the story of what God has done at Saints Community Church. It's the type of music we play. Like right. we want to play stuff that, that speaks to people from New Orleans. And, um, so we do funky, we try to funkify everything we do and, um, arrange stuff. And, um, so we, we just wanted to make something that represented that sound that that I think has a little bit more diverse sound that, you know, doesn't just reach, um, you know, white people like me, um, (laughs) that just kind of speaks maybe a little broader audience. I've never been a big fan of the whole, like set your target audience. He was 33 with 2.4 children. You know, I, I just don't think like that just doesn't. I mean, Paul said, I, I want to become all things to all men that I might win some. And yeah. so I, I want to try to cast a broad net. But so we, you know, we did something that stylistically is definitely out of the box. Um, but I hope that I hope it speaks to people and I hope I hope they enjoy it. I mean, I think it's pretty impossible to not enjoy this. I'm album. so glad to hear you say that. It's awesome. And in fact, we're about to play the opening track of the album, mm-hmm. uh, Nola Baby, which is the song that you played for Robert mm-hmm. to kind of introduce him. Yeah, so it made him go, well, maybe I can do this. Well, and and it shows. I really dig this track. It was the first one whenever I, I pulled up the, the files that I was sent with your music. I was like, this is this is incredible. And this song is is just like, this is when, whenever I say there's a heart and a soul. And, yeah. and, and this is where I'm getting that, really, because this is probably my favorite song on the album. I would say this is the piece that really pulls all of it together. Without this, it's just kind of maybe a, more of a hodgepodge, but Nola right. Baby is like what, to me, what makes the whole thing make sense. Absolutely. And so we're going to give it a listen. This is Nola Baby off of the upcoming Loving Like You Do album from Christy Northup. It's going to be available in a few weeks on February 24th. You're listening to Life Songs B-Sides. Nola 
was Nola Baby from Christy Northup off of Loving Like You Do, the upcoming album that's going to be released on February 24th. My favorite track on the entire album. Thank you. It's, it's, it's great. my favorite too. And when you talk about crossing crossing borders yeah. with like a worship song that's also, you know, jazzy funk. Right. It's amazing. So tell us a little bit about Nola Baby. Uh, I just, you know, one day I was just praying for the city and uh, I had read in Acts 17 where Paul like respectfully says to the Greeks, like, look, look at this one. This is like your God. And he explains to them how like God is not that far off. Yeah. It just really spoke to me. And and um, I started thinking about all the ways in New Orleans that like New Orleans is so close, like God is not that far. But it's like people just don't realize how close he is yeah. and, and what he could do here. And New Orleans understands so many biblical things, floods and right. I mean, mud, you just put the mud on the people's eyes and, right. and they understand spiritual things. I mean, it's such a deeply spiritual place, regardless of what people think about God, like right, right. can't deny it's a very spiritual place. Absolutely. And, um, I just started thinking about all the ways that New Orleans, uh, is so close to understanding God and they just don't see him in it. Right. But that he, he loves the city and he, he wants the city to come to him. And so that, that's really, that's really how it came about. And I just, I wanted to write something that, that I could play for people that weren't believers, Yeah. but it's like a prayer song, right? but they don't know it, you know? So it's like, I can play it in an open mic or, you know, and, and everybody's like, this is, this is great. This is New Orleans. They don't really get it, but they're like, yeah, I feel this a lot, you know? So it's like. I'm praying for them while I'm saying it, but they don't even know it. Yeah, know? see, they're going to listen to this and they're going to be like, this girl's got to be from New Orleans. Little do they know that you're from Chile. You're know, <laughs> right, yeah. Chile. But, <laughs> but see, I, see, you know, New Orleans is kind of crazy and, it and it's kind of like, you know, in its own way, it's kind of third world, like where I grew up. And that's why I like it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Great yeah. song, great album. So it's, it's, we've been, I've been saying it the whole interview. February 24th, this is a big day. Yes. Loving Like You Do comes yes. out. So, um, I believe you said that both of the tracks that you heard, which is When Healing Comes and Nola Baby, mm-hmm. are available if you pre order the album. Yeah. If you, if you do iTunes, if you pre order it from iTunes, those are the two, uh, downloads that come with it instantly. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can pre-order it through iTunes, mm-hmm. anywhere else? No, that's it right now. That's it right now. So iTunes, you can pre-order uh, Loving Like You Do from Christy Northup. And you're going to be doing an album release on February 24th at Lakeview Christian. I am, yes. It'll be, you know, it's the Friday night before Mardi Gras. It's right. like a great time to just come together and pray and sing. And we'll pray for the city and it'll just be a worship night. And, you know, where we do songs off the album, we've got a bunch of friends coming in from out of town. And gotcha. So, yeah, that'll be February 24th at Lakeview. And then, you know, other than that, we're at Saints Community Church every Sunday. There you go. And that's out. Where is that? It's 123 North Leicester, which is just off Airline. Right. Like a little bit down from Little Farms. Okay. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. So if people want to follow you on social media, where can they, where can they pick you up? Um, on Facebook, it's Christy Northup Music. On Twitter, it's just Christy Northup. And Instagram is Christy Northup 504. Gotcha. Definitely go and give her a follow. Keep an eye out for whenever she starts, you know, putting some more events. They got the album release party coming up right before Mardi Gras. That's the mm-hmm. a great time to have Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So gonna, excited. It's, I mean, this is New Orleans album. It's really it, like yeah. it's a straight New Orleans album, you know, with, you know, this this Christian undertone. Yeah. But like, I really I really think that this is going to be an album that breaks break some barriers. I hope so. I really do. With between the between the church and New Orleans yeah. at large. Yeah. And uh so I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, big things yeah. for you in the uh, in the upcoming months. 
especially you. with the album release right before Mardi Gras. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming and hanging out. Really Thank you for having me. I had is, a great time. Yeah, this was awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, check out Christy on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and go to iTunes, pre-order her album, get the songs that you heard today, When Healing Comes and Nola Baby. They're available off of the Loving Like You Do album, available February 24th. And Ghost. it'll be like everywhere after that. It'll be Spotify and everything. Yeah. So it's going to be available after that, but pick it up. Get it I, encur- I encourage you to pre-order it, and I encourage you that if you're available on February 24th. Go out to Lakeview Come Christian out, Center. See us. Eight o'clock. It'll be an awesome show. I can guarantee it. Thanks for hanging out. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you, James. I did too. All right. You've been listening to Life Songs B-Sides, extra content for lifesongs.com. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Life Songs B-Sides. Engage with Life Songs through social media and on lifesongs.com. For more information or B-Sides suggestions, email james at lifesongs.com. Reminding you, God is good all the time.